hey, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Mindset Explosion Season 3, Episode 35. And tonight we're going to talk about the reset button and create a blueprint for a better life. I've been joined by, uh, I'm, I'm going to be, I just said to you off camera, um, or off air, I'm going to be in awe tonight. Uh, what an amazing life you've led. <laughs> I've been joined by Rosalind Palmer. Uh, thank you. Um, oops. <laughs> What's happened? Something's just gone off. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, anyway, something happened on my screen. Don't worry about it, everyone. <laughs> um, so, Rosalind, first of all, thank you for coming on. Uh, you're an award winner, book writer, columnist. <laughs> You've done PR for Tony Robbins. Oh, my gosh, my head will explode. Um, and the list will just go on. <laughs> so, um, but tonight, I... I I'm so pleased you've come on because, um, and I actually, you know, seeing the tagline of, of your book, something I've spoke about in the past is, you know, pressing that reset button. And I, I figure a little bit like um, what I spoke about last week, really, we're coming out of lockdown. I, I imagine there's a lot of people feeling a little bit overwhelmed with life in general, or maybe have had a, a, a brainwave that there's something in there or they're not sure what to do and where to go next. But I don't know what your thoughts are on that before we kind of dive into it. I I certainly am hearing it from, you know, friends. I've caught up with a few friends recently. Um, you know, we've managed to go for walks and whoop, coffee and then even a meal. And generally that is the feeling. Certainly amongst people I know, it's I don't want to go back to business as usual yeah. or life as it used to be completely. And for some of them, they're being forced to reset or reevaluate, you know, through, you know, difficult things such as redundancy or changes in circumstances. But for many, they just seem to have got to the point of going, do I want to just entirely go back to how it was before? Because although clearly we've come through and are coming through the most difficult and challenging and craziest of times, I'm always half glass full and I'm always, what was the good? You know, and there was some good, I felt, at the beginning of lockdown, certainly. You know, people just kind of took it down a level. Life slowed down a bit. People really appreciated their families and being at home. Now, I know, again, this is a massive generalisation and if you're probably a single mum in a flat somewhere with two kids, it, it was really no fun at all. But there were a lot of really good things, I think, that came out, you know, making us kind of appreciate our neighbours, literally, and also appreciate the things that we'd lost, you know, just mm. the joys of meeting up and hugging members of your family. So I definitely am feeling that the pulse of certainly the people I know and mix with and look up to and collaborate with, we definitely don't want it to be completely reset as in go back but no. we want to go how do we reset our lives going forward now into what i think are still going to be very difficult times but how do we reset that with the good that we've had and take that forward so that we're even more future proof if you like yeah i totally agree and even you know listening to what you're saying there and i've probably said it but you're right. I mean, I appreciated that time with the kids. So they, they were able to come over a little bit more and, and spend that extra time. And sometimes I, I'd obviously pull my hair out, um, but <laughs> that happened a long time ago. Um, 
but it it, it was something uh, you know that that's a, that's a time that would probably never happen and unfortunately you know, i know there's been a lot of loss and a lot of grief but um and, and i didn't notice like part way through where so i was doing a lot of live um teaching but you could you could see some people were starting to feel that pressure but i think i, I absolutely agree there's it, it sometimes it is learning to find the good in things even in those dark moments um really. well that's me that's my life basically yeah the book i mean my life is really that story of finding what's good about when it seems to go wrong yeah. um and when you think you're on a path or a trajectory and then life gets in the way stuff cancer divorce I've been redundant three times in my career. I just wrote an article for a redundancy um, website, you know, and again, I'm, I'm not making light of any of these things. Absolutely not. And they can be absolutely diabolical when you're in the middle of them and going through them. But, you know, it, it's sort of, there's a poem I love that I always share with a lot of my clients, which is strong trees do not grow with ease. The stronger the wind, the stronger the trees. And the stronger the wind, you know, the more you put those roots yep. down and you become stronger and you can spread your branches. And so I think if you can have that analogy or that mindset sometimes and think, OK, it's not great, but what was good? What do I want more of? Well, how do I want my life to look? I must have had three texts from friends recently going, I'm having some time out. I'm thinking about how I want my life to be. And so I think now is the perfect time. To, to reset, to to re to reconsider and to reimagine maybe what the future could look like and take as much of the fear away as possible. But definitely it's like coming out of the ashes, isn't it? You yeah. know, obviously we had those horrible fires, you know, in Australia, you know, at the beginning of the year. Um, but you know, the so, Aboriginals used to control a lot of the fire because and straight away life comes back. Yeah. Well absolutely life. My, my second redundancy, had it not happened, I never would have started my PR company. Yeah, yeah. Was, it was like, here you go, here's 5,000 pound redundancy package, off you go. And I was, well, I've got nothing to lose, I might as well, because that was 1991 and that was a terrible recession in 1991. And me along with lots of agency folk, you know, got made redundant from our lovely glamorous jobs in beautiful big buildings. Mine was on Baker Street in London. One day a lovely building, the next day a cardboard box. And, you know, it, it, was, it was awful, of course, in many ways. But it also, you know, catapulted me into going, well, why not? Let's go forward. I wouldn't have trained, we were talking earlier, as um, a therapist probably, had I not come through my second divorce. Mm -hmm. And coming through that divorce and the menopause, my dad had died and I'd hit a bit of glass ceiling really in my PR and marketing career. Um, that combination of all of that together meant that when that invitation came to, would you like to train in this? It was a bit like, yeah, I, why not? I would. Um, so I do see synchronicity in a lot of things. I really do. Yeah. And, I, and and again, because we, we talked, you talked a little bit about that off camera, and it's just something I wanted to say. Because obviously, prior to coming out, I didn't, I didn't know all that. Um, and I just, you know, I read for you, read a bit. I just quickly go for that your website. I've been so busy this week. Sorry, Rosalind, but you know, you, you're doing so well with the, um, you know, what you've set up. But it's, I kind of feel you're not just someone that coaches or is a therapist. I think 
I think what was important and probably what I, I caught my eye the first time is that, and you've said it, is authenticity. So you, you've kind of, you've had to reset quite a lot. Uh, and more so than what I probably realized before you, you come on my podcast or, you know, on tonight. So you, you've kind of, you've learned that you've got the tricks how to reset and having, but also you've had to reset. Totally. And you know what? Sometimes I didn't do it very elegantly. I don't think we ever do. <laughs> it, it really, you know, I, I have this terrible feeling, you know, some people who are very religious believe that, you know, when you go, they kind of show you the movie of your life. And I think for several scenes, I'm going to be like, you know, like, oh. <laughs> Can I can I not look can I not look at that one? Um, you know, so there was. Does it feel like you when 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 on those bits because I I can look back and think oh, I just doesn't feel like that was me. No, so here's what happened with me. I I came through lots of things and some good, some bad, and even when I was at the height of my business with PR and doing stupid weeks, you know, 80-hour weeks, getting up at five, going to the gym, having full days, very alcohol-fueled because it was media and in the 90s and, and just really frazzled a lot of the time, really, and kind of hanging on by my fingernails. I did have a lot of really good sticking plasters. So I had an Ayurvedic doctor. I had somebody who came and did massage. I was vegetarian at the time. You know, I'd learned about meditation. I can't say I was very good at it, but I'd learned about it. I went for hypnotherapy. I went for acupuncture. You know, so there were a lot of what I like to call good band-aids, good emotional and physical band-aids going on, holding me together. But then there were some really bad ones, you know, like bulimia and um, too much alcohol and towards the end, sleeping tablets. Um, some years later, antidepressants. Um, some quite dark thoughts and some quite dark moments. Um, so there was always that good and that bad, even at, even at that time. And I just sort of, like everybody, I muddled through as best I could. I reached out for therapy. I had CBT, psychotherapy. I had hypnotherapy. Um, so I did, I did good and bad. But it was when I kind of had to go through that a second and a third time because of the cancer and then financial loss and then a second divorce and the menopause and everything it, it started to become very wearisome then it, it, it kind of felt oh have I really got this blueprint have I really got this set of instructions um but but we were talking about this earlier but I believe I did yeah I'd been around Tony Robbins I'd been around Brandon Bays. I'd done the journey. I'd I'd meditated. I'd been around some really amazing people, um, and the bottom line was I'd always been authentic. You know, I'd always been me because even in the eighties, I was catapulted into this crazy world of PR. When I was a girl who was a grocer's daughter, <laughs> lived above the shop and went to a comprehensive school, and you know, and and I, I was telling you earlier, you know, I, I really was not the same as most of the other girls in the office, you know, they, they were like working for fun. You know, I was working because it was a career. So you're right. So that authenticity and that what what's the lettering in the rock? What is it? What are these things? It's that dark night of the soul when you really have to dig deep. And 
with no no offense i'm a coach okay and a therapist i'm not saying it to anybody else you can't train that necessarily no, you no, can't train that from no. a book mm-hmm. you know yeah no, i i think i said just before we came on um i think some of the best coaches they they, they have been through stuff but and it's we're just in uh we're just made to be able to help those that maybe are going through similar stuff but but also i think i meet a lot of people and think oh i don't i wouldn't need a coach because i'm okay at the moment i don't need a therapist because i'm okay but it's quite interesting because um like again for me with my martial arts um when i was learning martial arts my instructor very much he, he just loved tony robbins so it, we, we was constantly having that and I, and i think the same as you i don't when i was in those dark moments you, you don't know what's going on but there's something in the back of your head or there's something within it just kind of, it's just there, a bit of instinct maybe it's been built in, do you think? Yeah, and you know, so the analogy about reset, mm. is, you know, the more you have, the more you can reset it too. Yes. Options you have. So I, I went to Lifebook, um, which is John and Missy Butcher, which you, you kind of dig deep across 12 categories of your life and create literally this very expensive leather-bound book, which is very nice. Um, but really about, you know, what are my goals? What what do I want? What are, what are my whys? What's my motivation? In all these areas of my life. And, and for me, it was a natural extension of my own core philosophy, which I'll mention in a moment. In fact, while I was on the course, I was thinking, wow, this is, this is like 12 categories and mine's five. <laughs> you know, they've just <laughs> gone deeper, you know, they've gone deeper into all these categories. But I did have a real aha moment on that course. Um, and the aha moment I had was that I was trying to regain what was lost. Yeah. Divorce, separation. I'd had a beautiful house. I'd lived in the Bahamas. I'd had a glittering career. I felt like I was somebody. Um, my parents, so actual loss. Um, I realized that somehow I, I'd got the mindset that if I could get it all back or get something similar back, I would be okay. And I just realized I could never do that. And I didn't want to do it any longer. I wanted to not reclaim what was lost, but I wanted to reimagine a completely new future, something completely different, that all of that experience, good and bad, pain, sorrow and joy, light and dark, all of that had brought me to. And boy, was that a revelation. It was amazing. And in fact, it was in that moment, I thought, I'm going to call my book Reset. Um, So it, it is more than just when you reset the computer, because what yeah. you, do is you you press reset and you go back to where it was. So really it's kind of reset and some, if you like. It's almost like reimagine yourself, but you, so it's almost like, I don't know, I suppose you're painting a new picture, but you're using some of the same colors you used before, right? Uh, that's, that's beautiful. In fact, I was on a painting course only yesterday. It was my birthday. Oh, <laughs> I painted a really rubbish painting, but I don't care because I don't judge myself. <laughs> And I was really happy and I had a lovely day. <laughs> That's the most important part. I spent the first hour learning how to mix the colours. That was really interesting. <laughs> it was like, oh, this is how you make <laughs> this colour because you mix these two together. So you're right. So I've always lived on a broad, very broad canvas. My life is a very broad canvas. 
and that can be hard because that means that sometimes you go to a very bad place or to the places of pain or challenge and I do now without trying to sound too woo-woo I do think it's all been for a reason I really do I think I came and chose this not terribly easy path but it's brought me to where I am now and what is great is because I have the therapeutic training and understanding because I have the coaching training and understanding and a big background in all of that going right back to the 90s when I trained in NLP and even hypnotherapy at the time and then overlaid with I've walked there I've been broken I've been fixed I'm I've walked in your shoes and then overlaid with the ability to communicate it because I've had that background as well it does feel like it was meant to be sometimes without sounding too I don't want to sound grandiose you know I'm, I, but I, I know I know I know I know exactly what you mean yeah I reason for it all yeah I, yeah I, I feel that I know exactly what you mean um and it, and it is it, it just whether it was something our spiritually not spiritually it, it's it's all same with all of us right we've just been pushed in a path but it's not fate because <laughs> we're in control right but um I, easy. Mm. I mean i've written quite openly about the fact that the weekend before my book was published two years ago i was in pieces I, I was in my pajamas and crying and I was ringing my publisher asking if they could stop the launch and not <laughs> it because I suddenly felt so vulnerable. It's all very well and good reading Ben A. Brown and Daring Greatly, but then when you actually do it and you really step out into the spotlight, and of course all those years in PR, I was the one behind the spotlight. You know, I was like the Wizard of Oz. I was behind the curtain, like going, off you go. You know, and then suddenly it's you, and not just you, but you laid bare. Because my book is semi-autobiographical, because I talk about all these things. But then I kind of go, this is what happened. This is how I got through, good and bad. This is how you could have a blueprint for getting through, given what I now know. And everybody I've worked and trained and, you know, and I've been with a lot of people. I've been to several A-fests. I've worked with some of the world's greatest thinkers um you know because i love being around these people um so yeah so that was very vulnerable being that authentic <laughs> you know because it's like warts and all and then i and i was very uncomfortable when i first started doing that a couple of years ago i really was um and i have to learn to kind of do it in doses now um i don't do yeah. it all the time i have to have some me and the sheep time, as you know, I've now got six sheep and I'm a yeah. sheep. So, you know, I have to have my wellies on and <laughs> traipsing around a field and not looking at social media time as well. So I, I, I have to create my own balance all the time. We use the analogy um, off air of a weeble, which yeah. I loved. <laughs> a weeble. So weebles wobble, if anybody doesn't know, it used to be this little toy and it was weighted at the bottom and the, the strap line was weebles wobble but they don't fall down and i am a weeble and boy have i wobbled but i've never actually completely fell down and now i have a lot more ballast so the things i've learned the coaches i've worked with the training i've done everything all of it means there's a lot more ballast so i'll have a wobble but it writes really quick yeah Whereas 
it could wobble for quite some time. Um, and I think that's important for people to know because we were also saying beforehand that I think it's really important for me, I've had coaches, I've had therapists, I probably still will, that they are integral, that they are authentic, that they can walk their talk. I, I do not want to work with somebody or be given advice by somebody who really is just regurgitating something or, you know, they're, they're, they're talking about something and then they're living their life in a completely different and inauthentic way. I, I feel quite principled about that. Mm. But I don't expect them to be perfect. No, no. I really expect them to be human because I think we make better coaches and therapists and just humans. Well, you said it before. It you know, if we if we just admit, you know, we're fallible. Well, I think if, like I said, if you're looking for a coach, um, and I think you said it before, is you have that empathy. Yes. It's very hard to coach someone if, you know, you're not going to understand then every, you know, fully because you're not in that person's uh, shoes. But if you kind of walk some of that walk, because every depression is going to be different, right? Or every um, life change is going to be different. Um, but if you've got, and I never assume, you know, I get quite a big form if I'm doing therapy with somebody, you know, it's quite a big intake form. And even when you read the form, I never have already made my mind up about what that must be feeling like mm -hmm. for that person. Because as you know, two people could have the same experience, even a bad experience. And one comes away one way from it and one you know comes away completely another from it in fact you know some of the experiences and things I write about not just in my book but in the ignite books that I'm part of um you know for example when I was about 23 I was nearly the first or second victim of England's biggest serial rapist but I wasn't no because mm. I got away because yeah. something in me just went no, this is not happening. I'm not, this is not happening. But I'm very lucky that I'm living to tell the tale because, you know, who knows, it could have gone another way. But the important thing is, after that experience, and it was pretty full on, I did not feel like a victim. I actually mm -hmm. felt pretty like, I felt like a kickboxer, actually. Because actually, I fought like a wildcat. That was what, that was what I did. I was like, nah, this is not happening. And I came out, I literally came out fighting. And I suppose people often wonder what would I do in a really awful situation? Because this guy was actually trying to abduct me. Um, and I'm not saying I then wandered around the streets of London at two o'clock in the morning, you know, whistling. Um, I was never stupid. But actually that experience made me feel stronger. Yeah. But of course, I know that for somebody else, that experience could almost destroy their life. And again, I get people who ring me and they'll say things like, I had, I had one this week, for example, and she said, I don't know why I'm so unhappy and I don't know why this is affecting me so badly because it's not like I've been raped or it's not like, you know, something really terrible's happened. And I'm like, it's not, it's not, it's not a competition. It's not, it's, mm -hmm. there, there is no comparison for you maybe many years of just feeling that you didn't have a voice or many years of, of not being recognized for who you are or 
loved in a way that you wanted to be loved or needed to be loved can be as soul sapping and destroying as somebody who has a kind of a traumatic experience. Definitely. Yeah. We're all different. And, and the point is, it's all tools. And like you say, I think the important thing with a coach or a therapist is to find somebody that you resonate with and that you feel empathetic towards. Um, for me, I, I, you know, I've got a few hat tricks going on. You know, I work with very high level corporates a lot of the time, burnt out Barbara and burnt out Bob, as I like to call them. Um, you know, cause that was me, you know, that was the blueprint of my life. So I know business and I know the demands of that world when you're running a multi-million pound business and you're laying awake at night, feeling your spinning plates, but it all looks great cause you've got the lovely house and everything's going on and people keep saying, Oh, you're such a success. How marvelous. And you, you feel empty and like, you just want to jump off a cliff most days. Um, you know, I get it because I've been there. Um, I also can be an authentic business coach because I've built a business. Um, so, uh, you know, there's, there's so many people out there, so many wonderful people out there. And I reach out to people all the time. No, oh, brilliant. So Rosalind, what, what would you say, if, what would be like some good tips now, someone that may be listening, um, or watching and they kind of got that feeling that, and they just don't know where to go next. So everything we've talked about, it could have hit rock bottom or it's just, you know what, like this, the life path I'm on at the moment, it's not for me. What's, what's their first step? So I've got, I mean, I've got, a, I've got a free goal setting book, so I can give you a link to that, which is a diffused down version of a goal setting course I've got on Skillshare um, with a, with a high performance business coach, Stuart Ross. We've done it together. So um, I think it's really important. I mean, yeah, clearly there's all the stuff like SWOT analysis and kind of getting all your goals right and your timelines right. But I think the most important thing is always your why, you know, like, why do I want to do this? You know, why, why is this going to get me out of bed in the morning? And I know there's hacks. I was listening to your really interesting coach from last week. Um, and like Mel Robbins as well, you know, the five yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. to get you over that inertia and to get you over that procrastination. Um, but I, I do think ultimately you, you've got to want it in your heart. You've got to want this in your heart. And so you really need to find your why about why you want to do something. And then well, that's, that's Tony Robbins straight there, isn't it? I, look, I'm sure. I, I feel like it's all diffused into my DNA. Yeah. On yeah. Sometimes I don't know, you know, was that him? Yes, I'm sure it probably was. And I, with the therapy, if there is something that really is making you procrastinate or self-sabotage or just feel empty and not get there, then emotion will always beat logic. So you can try and coach yourself until the cows come home but if it's really at an emotional level that 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 emptiness is there or that hatred of what you're doing is there or that fear of failure or fear of success whatever it is you you probably do need a deep deep dive therapeutically to to really get that but my core philosophy when i was talking about that life book with 12 and mine's five is You've got five fingers, or technically you've got four fingers and a thumb, but let's call it five. So you've got five fingers and you've got five X. Now, I came up with this years ago because 
I have got great big manuals from Lifebook, from Mastery University. I've got bookshelves groaning with all the best coaching and self-help books in the world, plus other ones, and I've read most of them. <laughs> um, but in times of trouble or that day when you're doing something, it's very hard to always remember and use all that stuff. I think I think that is a Tony, isn't it? It's not it's not knowing what to do, it's doing what you know. So it's yeah. about how do I get this front of mind? How do I get this into my literal operating system DNA so that every day I can do it? So this is a really easy way of doing it. So you've got five Fs. A balanced, successful life needs five Fs. Faith, family, friends, finance, and fitness. And if you look at people, let's take somebody like John Paul Getty. No faith. Um no family they hated him they're all suing him he didn't have any friends it, fitness knew he was not a healthy man in mind or body oh yeah he had loads of money loads of finance but that is not a balanced life mother teresa faith i think they're going to make her a saint um friends like all her sisterhood and everything family again same thing it was like a kind of a world family of all the people that she helped um Fitness, she lived past 100 and she was very articulate right to the end. And finance, you could argue she took a bow of poverty and didn't really have it for herself, but it flowed through her because, as you know, money is an energy. Mm -hmm. Money is an energy and it flows and she paid it forward and paid it forward. That was a wealthy woman. Mm. So every day I check in with myself and I go, you know, am I addressing those five Fs? And some days you can't, okay? Some days... You've got to go to work. You've got to do the accounts. Or you've got to do something that you really don't want to do. And it's all about work. And you can't even get home in time for supper. And you can't get to the gym. Fine. If that's a day or maybe even a couple of days, this too shall pass. I'm going to make that a little thing. But then by the end of the week, it's like, what did I not address? Faith. Did I spend time meditating or praying? Whatever's right for you. Or just walking in nature. Whatever makes you have that level of spirituality that's something else-ness family have i spent time with my family have i picked the phone up to them have i seen them have i zoomed them have i had them round? have i set another date to see them friends and again look not everybody likes their family but like i say the family can be your tribe mm -hmm. friends you need friends we are connected human beings and that's why lockdown has been so hard for so many people you know it's literally napalm does at our most primeval level that we need connection it's horrible not being connected but be connected however you can finance it's really important i meet people all the time who say i'm a really good therapist but i can't earn any money it's wrong it's like no it's not wrong it's reciprocity you give you mm -hmm. take mm -hmm. you receive people love what you do you fix them you make them better or you make them help themselves to fix themselves is a better way of putting it. You work collaboratively with them to help them. Why should you not be remunerated? And then you're able to spend that money in the local florist or the local shop or do whatever you do with it. Money can be a force for good. I was head of marketing for a charity. Without the money, people would die. Um, and then fitness. And you need to be fit in your body and your mind. And you'll know a lot about sports psychology. 
Um, you know, and so the mind and the body together, you've got to address both. Now, that is my blueprint. And you can remember that easily. Mm. And every day you can check in. I've also got a workbook free, again, on the five Fs. So you can drill down a bit deeper to get to some of your whys and to get to why you want to do it and what it looks like for you. I'm really happy to give you links for all of that. I'm at a point in my life now where I'm just paying a lot of it forward. So yeah. that is a good blueprint. Is that on your website, Rosalind? It is. I think some of the free resources I have to give you a special link for, but I will give you oh. that special link. Oh, thank you. Yeah, if you even if it's in the comments, that'd be great. No, I like that. I like the five Fs. Yeah, and it's you can remember it, can't you? That's yeah. Some of these things is you're thinking, oh, I know there was a really brilliant thing I learned on that 12-day course in Bali. <laughs> but what was it? <laughs> you know, whereas every day you can kind of look at your fingers and go, what are those five Fs? And it, it and is a really quick blueprint. So, yeah, what other things would I say? Well, we were talking about love. We were talking about that I'm in a really great relationship and yet I had to do dating in my 50s after two divorces and of course that starts with you I, I i did a workshop with esther perel and she said that everybody craves intimacy and that intimacy stands for into me see i love that right so you want intimacy you want mm -hmm. into me see please see me please see mm -hmm. me Please see who I really, truly, genuinely am. And I want to do the same with you. Wow, that's like the whole twin flame, soul connection, the whole caboodle. I can see fireworks going off all over the place. But you have to have that intimacy with yourself to start with. You have to learn to love yourself. You have to stop talking to yourself in your head and your mind chatter in disgusting ways that you wouldn't speak to anybody else with. You have to give yourself a break. You have to nurture yourself. You have to give yourself more of what you love and less of what you don't love. And I know that's not always easy. I've been a single mom. I've been a, you know, a broke single mom. And you have to bring the bacon home. You know, you have to do what's there for it. But this too shall pass. I knew it was only for a while before, you know, I would make or be able to make better choices. Yeah, definitely. I, I like that one. I like that. Uh, um, and it, I, I think again, sometimes you know we, we go for these relationships and they work out, don't work out. But um, I think a lot of the same with anything in life. It's really just it's just telling us that actually that's not really for you. Don't worry about it. Look, it's it's not easy. I, I mm -hmm. you know I didn't get married either time, thinking oh, I really hope this ends in divorce. <laughs> Very painful and very expensive and uh you know the important thing is to learn from it hmm. the important thing is to go you know why did that happen sometimes it is just circumstances and yeah. things outgrow their time you know i think that was very true of my first marriage but you know other times it's like maybe you were looking for somebody to rescue you or, or whatever mm -hmm. but the important thing is to not feel like a failure but to kind of go, well, that wasn't the outcome I wanted. And, you know, what can I learn from that? What was good? What can I grow from that? What can I do different? Um, and not flip-flop, as they say. I heard somebody once describe Kate Moss. You know the model? Yeah. 
said that she flip-flops in her relationship because she goes for a bad boy, you know, like the drug-taking, whatever, and then she flip-flops and goes for somebody really terribly conventional and, like, slightly boring, and then she gets bored with them and she goes for a bad boy, and then she goes for, like, the good person. So I think the important thing is to, you know, kind of work out what you want, but the most important thing is to work out who you are. Yeah. Truly intimate and happy with yourself and I can speak from the heart on this one then that's the best place for somebody to enter into a relationship with you and you to have the best relationship ever it's like being a parent you know being a conscious parent I mean there's a great book called the conscious parent basically it's a whole book that basically says sort your crap out first you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the that's the essence of it you know, to be a great parent, to be a conscious parent, to turn up for your kids, get get but, all this stuff out of the way. It, I think it always comes back to that, though, isn't it? Um, even on, I don't know if you do it with a lot of your coaching clients at the beginning, but we're generally starting on ourselves first. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I, that's why I, because I, I did win an award last year for my coaching I see. therapy package. And, and I do think that's why it works so well, though, because, you know, you've got the, the deep dive with the therapy, you know, the, let's get the roots of the weeds out and mm -hmm. dig out what it is that Groundhog Day, I like to call it, that Groundhog Day thing that despite all your best efforts and you did that amazing course and you did that thing and, oh, there you are again, you know, we're back at that thing. Why is that? And then people start to feel broken or they start to feel that they can't ever achieve things or get over whatever it is they want to get over be it procrastination or whatever so do that deep dive but then do the coaching then do the how can we re-envisage the future how can we reimagine a more exciting future and, and how's that going to look and what are the checks and balances you're going to need for that you know is it going to be a, a a life plan or is it going to be like a whole new set of you know values or whatever and then the two combined together, you know, are, are, are pretty powerful, really. Uh, and get yourself around people that, with that same mindset, I guess. I do think that, although I did see a couple of very interesting posts during lockdown <laughs> on Facebook um, when the world was going mad. I was literally... I think it's still going a little bit mad. <laughs> I don't think it's calmed down yet, but... <laughs> Pulling out and so polarized and like I I now know people who aren't speaking to family members or friends you know it's like whoa okay but I did see somebody who put I would like to know where there are some groups with the following kind of people and they weren't their people because they said that they didn't only just want to be in a mindset where everybody around them thought the same as them yeah they wanted to be challenged yeah to you know, they've, I mean, I don't think like in a bear pit kind of environment, but I think they just wanted to be open to maybe some wider ideas. Um, so yeah, you're right. Surround yourself, it's like the five people. Surround yourself by people who, I, I would actually say, surround yourself by people who make you have to up your game because it's not always comfortable. Yes. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that actually. I totally agree with that because um because otherwise you're not going to step out of that comfort zone anyway are you really you're not you, you get very like yeah well we're that clan yeah <laughs> in i guess it's uh i wouldn't really want to be on top 
top of it all. Oh, I don't otherwise, know. it's like, well, now what? <laughs> Which way's right up? <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, I think, yeah, I think that's important. I joined a mastermind this year actually uh, um, through lockdown. I didn't wasn't really expecting to do that, and I've been in ones before where it's just been the martial arts industry. But when it was right, it's for social media. But for me, it was actually this is quite a good one. I'm around totally different people now, and, I, and benefiting. Yeah, very interesting in lockdown. So I was a really big networker before lockdown, mm. like going to groups, um, nearly all women only groups, to be honest, a lot of really female, female empowerment networking groups. And then when lockdown came, for a start, just everything got a bit discombobulated and I wasn't feeling very well and there were various things. And also I did the great lockdown experiment and went into lockdown with my boyfriend and we don't normally live together. So, you know, there was all of that to navigate and get used to, which I'm happy to tell you has been a great success. Well, obviously if you're moving off together, so that's all good. Yeah. <laughs> I started to get invitations when they all these groups started to go online from quite a few more different and diverse networking groups and all sorts, some marketing ones, podcasting ones business ones a lot of them but they were mixed you know men and women and also mixed professions mixed kind of things and I found myself really enjoying them which was very interesting so whereas when I'd actually physically gone to some of those groups I hadn't enjoyed it so much so I don't know if there's just a different dynamic when we're online <laughs> I don't know what it is but yeah, maybe. Uh, so I've discovered that I like a different kind of networking now as well. So um, I do enjoy the mixed groups because I find that the men and the women bring different energies and different kind of humour and different insights. And again, that's good, you know, because sometimes I don't necessarily agree, but I'm being challenged and I'm being made yeah. to think. Yeah, definitely. Um, you mentioned podcasts. So you got you got one podcast definitely coming out and one you work on. Is that right? That's absolutely right. So right. I've got one that is definitely coming out later this month called Monkey Business. Um, so that's about the monkey chimp mind and how you tame it to be a really big success in business. Or if you failed to tame it and your business has crashed and burned, how you recover. So, um, so far, everybody I've spoken to are big successes but I'd, I'd be quite keen to maybe speak to some who aren't but yeah they're going to be really you know and they are very high profile people who we can really learn a lot from in half an hour and because I've been a radio host and the background in journalism um, and because I understand them I do think I'm getting a lot out of them in half an hour so they're all half hour episodes and there'll be a lot to learn from all of them so get yourself oh, ready yes. And then yes, I'm 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 collaborating uh, with uh, a colleague, and it's a totally different ball set. It's really about menopausal women of a certain age, and about everything we face, whether we're visible or invisible, and all the rest of it. And we're just getting that right. We're getting the, and if we can get it right, um, it's going to have quite a lot of support behind it. So I think it's going to be quite exciting. So I think they're both good. I think they're both good ones, definitely. It's, it's very typical of me, yin and yang, you know, sensible maverick. Like I get to do the business stuff and the high powered stuff. And then I get to kind of maybe talk about comfortable bras or <laughs> hot flushes or whatever, you know. So, um, so when, when does the, 
Um, the first one come out. Um, well, I haven't got an absolute date at the moment because I've yep. been off, but uh, it, it should be end of September, early October, and I'll definitely let you know because it's going to be on all the major um, podcasting platforms. So, yeah. yeah. And what and, and what's the aim for the, the, the collaboration with the, the, the menopause? It's not about menopause per se. It's just that we yeah. have... Yeah, oh, actually come out wrong, didn't it? When's your menopause collaboration happening? <laughs> by the fact that there was a book last year uh i think it was last year called invisible women yeah and, it, and that's very much about how women become invisible in society and women of a certain age uh particularly you know kind of 50s it can be 40s but 50s and above um stop being quite so visible um stop being you know advertising it's all game geared at young people I mean and I you know I've got a background in advertising and PR so I understand that and it's hardly surprising because I think the average age of a person in an ad agency is about 27 right so you know when they do an advert for you know I know how it works they go oh let's let's aim this new product at the 55 year old woman and all these all these 27 year olds 30 year olds you know think what a 55 year old woman's going to want and it's not usually the case you know it's like if you google over 50s dating you can do this after we come off the podcast google over 50s dating and click on the images nearly every second blinking picture is two gray-haired people running down sand dunes smiling at each other usually wearing white shirts and jeans or or sitting on a beach you know like with a, with, a, with a glass of something and and it's so stereotyped and and a lot of women in their 50s um they've been in what's called the squeeze middle they have been a mother they've been a wife now often they're taking care of elderly parents sometimes they're grandkids as well it's called the the sandwich you know the squeeze sandwich and there's nothing for them they they're exhausted they don't feel good about themselves. They just don't feel visible and they don't feel heard. And so that is all about making that woman heard. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. Mm. Very good. Okay. <laughs> well, we're coming near to the end. Um, there's a couple of things I just wanted to ask. You, you've got, um, you only mentioned it briefly just before we come on live. So you've got a couple of other collaborations. Is it workshops or you do, is it courses, a couple of things that are coming up? Um, so I've got two new online courses that I'm collaborating with. One is for the Ignite Institute, who um, I've done the published books with. So I think at first that's only going to be for their authors and people, but it might go beyond. But that's really been about helping people to find their voice and get over writer's block and dig out that story within them because we have a belief that everybody has a story within them. Everybody has a story to tell. Everybody can be a cairn stone that's on the front of my book so cairn stones are yep. on mountain paths on narrow mountain paths so what other walkers leave by the side to go this is the safe route so they become the kind of signposts for people who've been there before you for how to find the safe route through so um that's one. I've got another collaboration that's coming out with Stuart Ross, who I've already got the goal setting course on Skillshare with. 
Um, and I'm not going to say what it is, but it's going to be brilliant. And we've been working on it all through lockdown. So that's going to be really great. Yeah. And yeah, and I'm talking to a couple of other people. What came through lockdown for me was people were reaching out and having probably kind of conversations that they wouldn't have been having before and going, well, you've got that mindset and skill set and I've got this mindset and skill set and you've got that audience and I've got this audience. Why don't we collaborate? So there's a couple more that um, one is linked to beauty and one might be linked to divorce. Mm, I think collaborations work well, though. I think... Uh... Why not? Mm-hmm. And I, did, I, I did one last year. It was for a charity event. And there's was, um, was me, um, um, a yoga instructor. Uh, we were doing like some well-being videos for a while. And um, a massage place. And we, we, we did this amazing event. I just think, like, like you said, it's, you, you're kind of putting each other's audience. A bit like now, we're on each other's audience. So why not? Well, also, I'm sure you know as well as I do and this has been one of the things that people have learned with lockdown is it can be a bit lonely actually as well can't it you know when you're out there and you're doing everything even though you're on zoom and you're talking you know and so although you maybe don't collaborate and you're physically in the same room there's just that sense of team that sense of we're in it together and I do like that you know because I did used to like being in a corporate environment for that those water cooler moments as you call them you know that by the photocopier and you know all that kind of stuff and I do miss that sometimes so yeah well listen oh next year so I'm going to move home and then I'm going to write a novel oh yes you got a fictional novel you're planning for next year um and you've just had a birthday I have I got six birthday so what nicer present could you possibly get (laughs) i named them after the top selling um english uh writers of all time because i my degree way back when is in english literature so they're called um virginia after virginia wolf jane after jane austen charlotte after charlotte bronte harper after harper collins mary after mary shelley and charlotte after charlotte bronte (laughs) And you followed the rule of six. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, do you know when you're moving yet? Or um, Probably in about a month's time. But yeah. um, I'm very fortunate with my work because I already was doing probably 70 to 80% of it on Zoom. Mm. Because um, having been one of the first RTT people in the world and then gained, you know, very quickly gained a really good reputation, and I've moved in all those international circles. I've always had a, you know, a good international clientele anyway. And so I was already set up on Zoom and doing most of my work on Zoom. So, yeah, in between, I, I get a nice work-life balance between being a therapist and a coach and then the other stuff, you know, the columns and the podcasts. And the, um, I'm not writing a book at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it, it's it's a good life and it's lovely being able to talk to people like yourself thank you for giving me this platform I really appreciate it no thank you and it's it's been a pleasure to have you on and I, I really appreciate you being you know really open about you know a couple of things that happen and you, you seem so happy Roslyn you've obviously had those dark moments you know I know but you seem so happy now focused on what what you want you got the the right person in your life and you're again 
you're, you're, you're resetting again, aren't you, really? I think the big thing is I'm not fearful because, look, there's days I wake up and I really didn't feel very well for a bit of lockdown. I don't know what it was. Who knows? Um, and you wake up and it's a bit, really? Today? You know, we're going to go into those darker months soon, aren't we? And everything. And so... I, I, you know, I haven't taken a happiness pill. I wish I had, you know, so that every day I wake up and feel amazing. But the great thing is I don't have the fear that it won't pass. I don't yeah. have the fear that I don't have the tools and the wherewithal and the ballast um, to self-write. And, you know, I was working with a client today, funnily enough. I don't normally work on a Sunday, but the world's all gone topsy-turvy. and <laughs> yeah. so I was fine about it. And and they said that they'd been feeling quite sad for no apparent reason. And I said, look, sometimes you just are melancholy. I, I My mum used to describe me as a melancholy child, I think, because I'm a deep thinker and I'm sensitive and, you know, all of that. Um, so I don't have the fear anymore. You mm. know, if I have a day when I'm not feeling so tickety-boo, I'm like, what are the lovely things? I'll go field the sheep. I'll go for a walk. I'll put my wellies on. I'll go make jam or, you know, I'll read a book or I'll write or I'll do something. And I know that within half a day, probably tops for me, I feel great again. So it's that fear yeah. away that, oh, I'm going to be stuck in this terrible place because I have been through some very long periods, you know, when I had the cancer and my mum yeah. had the cancer and I'd lost the money and was going through a divorce and I was a single mum and, for several months it was a bit grim you know um but now i just know this too shall pass and so i think it's that fear has been taken away yeah i i, I um, just from my own experiences you know 100 percent, definitely and the same you know i just have those moments where i just think oh really just but it does it passes and i think because i have been through it i'm more aware of what's happening and and actually now I just think, well, I'm just going to chill for a bit. Exactly. Be kind to yourself. Just yeah. be really, it's what I'm always saying to people. Just be kind to yourself. Just mm -hmm. give yourself a break. You know, yeah. just, okay, so today wasn't the most productive and brilliant of days, but tomorrow can be. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's the issue. So I am happy. Thank you. You're absolutely right. And mm -hmm. when I'm not happy, it doesn't affect me for very long. Yeah, good. I get worried about not being happy <laughs> <laughs> good. good well i think we're, i'm just we're gonna we're gonna say good night to everybody um but thank you once again um anyone wants to find out more about uh rosalind i obviously in the link uh rosalindpalmer.com yes that's right um, do remember i do see people i yeah. can see a lot of these and people are like oh but i'm like i you know i love i love helping people i love clients so you know and I do a, a free 20 minute call. So if you want to find out more or see if we're a good fit, you know, go for it. But I will give Definitely. you links to the other freebies as well. I've got lots of um, great resources for people. Oh, that would be fantastic. Thank you. And, and obviously the, the book. Yeah. yeah. On special offer on Kindle at the moment for only $4.99. Um, so, you know, Fiverr, come on. <laughs> Happy days. Fiction. Good time. Yeah. Good time to do it now. Good yeah. time. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for watching. Um, 
And if you've got any questions, drop them in the comments below. Um, either myself or Rosalind will get back the next couple of days. And um, yeah, be sure to share, pass it on. Great interview. Thank you very much. I'll speak to you in a sec, Rosalind. But everyone else, have a good evening. Peace, love always. Bye-bye. <laughs>